You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, my, my next guest is Mark Medman. Mark is one of the leaders at the, the Beacon Church over in Canford Heath in Poole. We're going to be talking about it because, uh, as many of you will know, uh, I go to Emmanuel uh, Church over in Southbourne, and uh, both of our congregations have found themselves without a minister. I'm Minister's just recently retired. And Mark, your minister's been going for a, a little while, hasn't he? About six, seven years, yeah. 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 But you're still standing there. We're still there, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about survival beyond a pastor in just a moment. But tell us, first of all, about your faith journey. Were you, were you brought up with a, with a Christian in, in the Christian environment? Yes, but both my parents uh, were Christians and so obviously went to church from an early age. Uh, my dad... Before I was born, I actually went to Scotland for a year to to be a minister of a church. Uh, it did work out for various reasons, but uh, yeah, certainly from an early age was involved in in church life. Yeah. Now I always ask people whether you hit any bumps in the road, you know, because sometimes you know we we get this influence of Christian uh, upbringing and so on, but of course there comes that point, that crunch when you've got to make your own decisions. What was it like for you? Uh, for me. Um, I became a Christian at a very early age at House and Dorset Christian Youth Camps uh, when I was about 10. And uh, yeah, faith obviously was always part of my life, but actually probably in my 20s, um, got a little bit disillusioned with possibly church uh, and started playing football on a Sunday morning. But um, fortunately, with my wife nagging me, <laughs> um, we, we found ourselves at um, Calverteeth United Reformed Church which is now the Beacon Church, and uh, not that I actually wanted to go there, uh, but she nagged me, and we did, and uh, yeah, the rest is history, I suppose. Uh, so, I mean, it's amazing how wives can have a, such a positive influence on their husbands, isn't it? You it know? is, yes. Uh, in fact, I was, I was just talking about prostate cancer earlier on, and, uh, and of course, a lot of wives nag their husbands to go and get checked out, you know, yeah. don't they, which is great. So, uh, so I guess looking back on it, you're thankful that your wife nagged you there. Yes, yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, it's a good influence, yeah, definitely. Now, when you said originally you, it wouldn't have been your choice, was there any reason for that? Um, I don't think there's any particular reason. I think it's probably just the way I was feeling at that time. I didn't really want to to commit to going to church on a, on a Sunday. Um, but we had four children. Uh, they enjoyed uh, the church. There was plenty of activities for them on a Sunday. Uh, and so, you know, it made sense, actually, to, to, to do that. And, uh, yeah. So when you did go to the, to, to the Beacon, as it is now, because um, it wasn't called the Beacon then, was no, it? No, Camfordith United Reformed yeah. Church, yeah. So, so when, when you went there, were you pleasantly surprised? Yes, yeah, it was, it was a very lively church, um, you know, good minister. Um, and, you know, made, we made plenty of friends uh, and so on. So it was a, a good time. Uh, to be in that place and um, yeah it's one of the more lively churches uh, around at that time so yeah it was certainly different from where we come from before so actually now of course you are now an elder now that doesn't mean that you're Methuselah uh, <laughs> you're not sat there with a big white beard and uh, and you know when uh, and I should be sitting at your feet for wisdom no definitely but, not but for the completely uninitiated uh, just explain a wee bit about the, the governance of, of, of the church and, and what an elder is Effectively, I think really for for those who perhaps aren't in churches, really an elder is is a leader of a church. Um, looks over uh, oversees everything uh, from the sort of spiritual side to uh, we talk about the buildings, we talk about uh, people, which is the more important thing. 
Uh, we talk about faith. There's lots of things that we do in our uh, weekly uh, meetings, um, all about church life, really, but actually giving direction and uh, so on, oversight, uh, and really listening to God uh, as to what uh, he has in store for the church. So how did you become one of them? You obviously have been a member of the church for, for quite a while. I mean, what, what was it that, if you're like, cause you to be thrust into church leadership? Well, it was sounded out by the, the previous, uh, the, the elders of that time. Um, they were looking for some, uh, I suppose, younger blood in a way. Uh, and uh, they felt that I, I fitted the picture. We had a conversation. And being the United Reformed Church, it has to go to the church meeting, uh, which is the actual seat of the if you want the power of, of decision making and so I had to go to uh, the church meeting but actually I think the first two times I didn't get in but the third time I did was it third time lucky as you look back on well it, yeah I've been a, a, an elder now for probably about 20 years or so so yeah so you must be doing something right and obviously that your your service continuing means that obviously to some degree you're enjoying it Yes, it's very challenging, very enjoying. Uh, it's great being part of a team. Um, and, you know, the fellow elders uh, that we have, um, we, we are a good team because we're all different. Fantastic. And, of course, quite apart from church life, what were you, what were you doing professionally? Uh, professionally, uh, when I left school, I wanted to go into insurance. Not many people would say that. And I did that, I think, successfully for 30 years or so. Uh, I then became a driving instructor uh, for about eight or nine years. And now, currently, my wife and I are foster parents. So, well done. So yeah. we've got uh, four foster girls uh, living with us on a long-term basis. Yeah. Well, I'm on the fostering panel in Bournemouth, and so one of my responsibilities is is to to meet people like you. Uh, and it, it seems to me uh, that I mean, f- uh, foster parents do an amazing job, but of course, there's so much hurt and sadness. And I guess you've experienced that. What were the young people that you're currently looking after? What what age did they come to you? Uh, well, we have we have four girls, as I say. One is now fourteen. Uh, she's been with us about 16, 17 months. Um, I've got a 13 and 11-year-old, and they've been with us for uh, two and a half years. Uh, we've just uh, had one in, in August, and she's now seven. Um, we, we had her a few years ago as um, living with us, but circumstances meant that she's now come back to us. And so, again, hopefully a long-term, long-term basis, really. It's very challenging. This is Hope FM. Well, that's I Am They, and my special guest today is Mark Maidmond, and Mark uh, is one of the leaders over at the, the Beacon Church over in uh, Camford Heath, and you just heard there a moment or two ago that he and his wife uh, are also foster carers, and of course my ears pricked up, uh, Mark, because, uh, you know, I, I, I think that obviously those of you who are who look after young people and children, you know, who are fostered, do a sterling job. What, what was it that, that motivated both yourself and your wife to want to put yourselves forward? Were to foster it's an interesting um i suppose turn of events we were um we're still involved in hanson dorset christian youth camps and uh, a friend of ours and his wife uh foster and both my wife and i had separate conversations with uh, our friend uh about it thinking you know asking more about it and and 
probably thinking that, that sounds something that we could do. Well, of course, you had four children of your own, yeah. so you're pretty well experienced in bringing young people up. Yeah, all, all our children are uh, in their 30s. Yeah, so they've all flown the all, yeah. Well, yeah. sort of all flown the nest, yeah, recently. Mm. Um, you know, they keep coming back, don't they, they sometimes? They certainly do. Um, so, yes, it, it was something we felt uh, independently because we hadn't really spoken together about it. But it, oh, my wife said, oh, I spoke to so-and-so about this. And I went, oh, yeah, actually, I did as well. And so uh, it sort of grew from that. a bit of a that. confirmation, isn't it? Really? Yeah, in a way, it was a confirmation that we were on the right track of, of doing that, yeah. Now, obviously, to, to be a foster uh, parent, you, you have this very intrusive um, sort of uh, assessment, you know. Yeah. How did you cope with that? It's very interesting. Um, our, the person who assessed us uh, was a very, uh, very, very good at her job uh, in asking questions and then... Uh, coming back to them in a roundabout way he said oh you said about this and you said about that uh, and I would, I've always said actually since um, meeting this lady I've probably told her more things about my life than I've told anybody else mm. um, you know it's just how you she was able to draw out different things from sure. your childhood yeah. and and of course and so it's on. all about protecting the young people absolutely because yeah. obviously they many of them coming from very damaged yeah. backgrounds and I guess you've seen the raw side of that you know the the damage that can be done uh, to the to the young people, did that come as a? Were you prepared for for what came your way? I, th- I think you're prepared as much as you can be prepared. It's like anything in life that people can tell you and tell you and tell you, but until you actually experience it, then it's something different. Now, no, no doubt they would have grilled you about your Christian faith, you know, because yes. they, and they would have said, "Now, what about if you come? If you get kids coming your way and they don't want to go to your church, in fact, they don't want to believe in your God." Well, yeah, I mean, the one question she asked was that if we had uh, somebody of a different faith, would would we take them to? church mm-hmm. to their church yes mm-hmm. and we said yes we would um it's not something that i would want to, to to do myself but for them that would be the right thing because that's their faith uh so you know we would encompass that uh, as part of our family and work out how we actually do how, that. You, how you do that yeah, yeah absolutely well going back to your church leadership days i mean i mean obviously you had many years with a church pastor uh, and then six years ago, uh, then all was to change. That must have uh, provided not only yourself but your fellow elders and leaders of the church with with a with a bit of an even bigger challenge than you had before. It, it did um, at, at that time. Um, as a church leadership, we we you know we prayed about it and over uh, many months uh, and felt at that particular moment in time that. Uh, you know, God was saying to us, you know, for a season, we want you to be the leaders of the church. And, you know, as we always say that, you know, God will equip you even if you feel you're not adequate to do, do the particular roles. And we've seen that from time and time again over the past years, uh, how that's, you know, born, born fruit and, and worked through. Um, it is challenging because um, sometimes, you know, when somebody isn't in, in role, you actually see what they do. Uh, so we've had to pick up lots of different things like funerals, like marriages. Uh, Hatch, match, dispatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you've had to yeah. learn how to do those. But on the other hand, I mean, when you think about it, the, the, the sort of model of... It's interesting, isn't it, how we, 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 we have, you know, we tend to, in the past, to put men, women, you know, in the pole position and expect them to do everything, you know. Yeah. Uh, not that the people in the congregation have done nothing because I guess it depends on the church that some maybe have been more encouraging some of those 
pastors and leaders would have been more encouraging of team ministry, I suppose we call it. Um, what was it like for you? Were you, were you had your guys been prepared uh, for taking that pole leadership role? I, I think in some respects, you, yes. I, th- I think we, we felt that it was the right time for the church um, to do that. And um, obviously it brings its own challenges. Uh, but we felt it was the right thing to do. And actually, as I said earlier, uh, we have really um, different people with different perspectives coming from uh, different uh, church- churches, you know, denominations. So we were able to do that. I, I came from a brethren background where we didn't have ministers and uh, and so on. So, so you, were, well, you were well used to, the, you know. Not yeah, not having, not having a minister. Yeah, the first yeah. time I had a minister was when I went to Camp yeah. Deeth, yeah. United Reformed Church. So. Of course, whenever Jesus came, he, you know, he, he showed people what to do, didn't he? And then yeah. They must have had a shock. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall, you know, whenever he turned around to them. And, well, in fact, it was even worse because he said, I'm sending you like, like sheep among wolves. Well, I mean, that was encouraging. Yeah. Not, <laughs> uh, but then of course he said, "Well, you, you know, go and do, go and do yourselves what you see me do." I mean, it must have been it must have been a shock for them, wasn't it? Yes, I think it would have been a shock for the disciples, as you know. Sometimes, you know, I think um, you know God shocks us, doesn't He, into doing things um, which perhaps we don't want to do. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Hope FM. Now, Mark Midwind is my very special guest today. He's one of the uh, the elders, the leaders of the Beacon Church over in Poole. Uh, now, you may not have been there, you may not even have heard of the De- Beacon. In fact, I myself have never been to the Beacon Church, but if I did rock up on, on a Sunday, Mark, what would I find? Well, I suppose in, in a way, most Sunday services are the same, whichever church you, you, you go into. Um, I think we would say that we're a welcoming church, um, a church that wants to invite the community community into into the church. Um, we love singing, um, certainly uh, on a Sunday morning. Um, God's word is, is preached, and also there is a lot of uh, opportunities for the younger generation to have their own groups uh, with uh, Vicky, our children's and youth pastor, uh, throughout our wonderful suite of, of buildings. Uh, so uh, we have something for everybody, really. Now, quite apart from the people who come to church, uh, you've got a lot of other people who come through as well, a, prolif- a periphery of, of activities. Yes, um, we, we have a, a preschool, uh, which runs Monday to Friday, and uh, we have uh, about 15 staff in our preschool. And uh, the community obviously comes in uh, funded or non-funded children. Um, We have our own youth groups which work throughout the week. Browns and Guides use our buildings uh, as well throughout the week. And, um, you know, we have different activities. Um, On on Monday evening we've got a light party for the community. Uh, For those who don't want people knocking on their doors for trick-and-treating, you know, we, we welcome them in and we have games and free sweets and, and oh, stuff of course. like that. I've had the free sweets. So that you probably like that, Blair, being sweets. But um, Well, I've had to lay off the sweets because of my, my teeth, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's certainly an event for the community, yeah. So there's lots going on yeah. uh, throughout the week that uh, we facilitate, yeah. And of course, you know, I mean, in, in times past, in Jesus' day, the synagogues were very much like community centres, weren't they? But I guess that uh, that having a church in the centre of... Because, it, I mean, Canford Heath is one of the largest... Uh, yeah housing comp- estates you know in in the whole of the uk isn't it yes it is yeah yeah and yeah i mean there are um sort of three main churches on the heath um st paul's and also sunny hill church 
uh, meet it in one of the schools. So it's you know it's a, a, a big community, uh, but we try and use our buildings for for the community in, in many different ways uh, that we can. And uh, you know we want to include people, not exclude them. Now, what about church growth? Because I mean, obviously uh, we're in very challenging times, aren't we? And uh, and it, it, I suppose you, you you're like myself. As, uh, sometimes feel concerned that you know that people's understanding of god these days when we, we i don't know did you ever go to sunday school as a kid yes yes i, I mean how many kids were in your sunday school oh um probably 60 yeah i mean my presbyterian church were 500 of us yeah yes it was huge you know but but of course those days of you know of people f- queuing up almost to get into church and yet you you've got a growing church haven't you we have, I mean, it's um, we got uh, some new members came in a couple of months ago, and some um, next month, hopefully, uh, if we work that one through, uh, it, it's a, it's a great thing. But as you quite rightly said a bit earlier, when we were chatting off air, there really is actually church in some respects for a lot of churches, it's an aging uh, congregation, and it's trying to encourage uh, younger. Uh, people you know young families and and so on uh, into churches and and that's the big conundrum of the church as a whole um you know and as with all churches probably from the covid effect uh, we've all seen our congregations shrink a little um due to due to that and it's actually how we then rebuild yeah uh, that how did you cope during covid it was an interesting time um Certainly, um, recording services um, f- to go out on a Sunday uh, was quite challenging. Uh, never done that before. Never sat in a camera and, and just talked for 20 minutes or wh- whatever the, the time was. Uh, I know there are uh, some friends of uh, mine, ministers, who spent hours and hours in doing uh, the recordings. Personally, I felt, well, on a Sunday morning, I only get one opportunity. So you're you're a one take mark. A one take mark, yeah. That was that was good or bad, mm. um, because it. Um, I felt well, that's the the best way to do it. Uh, the only time I actually did re-record is because the sound didn't record. Well, that's the thing. It we- might have been a blessing, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, certainly it, it was a challenging time, and also trying to uh, keep that family feel of the church, even though we weren't able to be together. And of course, it, it, it was such a long time, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a very long time of not being in church, and that that was quite difficult. And then, did you have to deal with things like funerals and some people dying during that? that not, um, no, not not particularly. So we, you were, you were we were very fortunate, blessed. That, yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. definitely. Yeah, we were, and um, that that was certainly a blessing that we didn't have that sort of thing to contend with, really. But I suppose the other effect of COVID was that I mean, obviously the. All of a sudden, the life that we're all used to suddenly is no longer the life that we're used to, and all of all of the things that we were used to goes out the window. You know. Yeah. Do you think that during that period, although you, as you quite rightly said, you know, there was a nervousness of meeting together for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, but do you think that the people's interest in God and so on, because they they say that more people googled prayer and all this sort of thing during those challenging days. That's what they say happened. I think you know it's quite interesting sometimes to look and to see how many views you've had on on YouTube over a period of time. And I know um, you know we were quite surprised at the numbers. And other uh, people I speak to from other churches, uh, they were quite surprised. You know, actually the numbers seemed to didn't reflect their number and con- congregation. It just seemed to be higher 
uh, during that period of time. But it's like anything, I suppose. Uh, people easily forget um, what they thought at that time, how they were feeling, uh, and yeah, life moves on again. Life's moved on again since since COVID, um, and people uh, have gone to churches. I've you know, I've heard stories of people turning up at churches and knowing who everybody is. Yeah, because they see them because they see them on TV, but they yeah. don't know. Yeah, the I person know, walked I, in. I know who you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, so that's that's a quite an interesting uh, thing to think of, and it's actually, in some respects, actually getting the whole church back into. I think we became very comfortable watching church in our slippers and our pajamas, in some respects, uh, and it's actually coming out of our uh, homes back into churches because actually meeting together as a church family is is very valuable um, to the church and to us as individuals now obviously a big part of church life is the whole pastoral side of things and and all of us hit these i call them bumps in the road but i mean we're all having to deal with loss through death uh, all sorts of things which come our way illness yeah all, all this sort of thing how have you and your your team cope with that I think the good thing for us is actually we have others who uh, are very good in that area. Um, as I said earlier, we, each leader has their own strengths, uh, but we also have uh, people in the church who are willing to uh, step, up, step up as well, You know, provide food for those who can't get out, um, go and visit and pray with people uh, and uh, you know, go and talk to people. So that, that's been a very valuable um, asset to us as, as leaders uh, because you, you just can't do everything. Um, although you know people like to think sometimes that we should uh, to, to me being part of a church means we all take responsibility um, for these things not just those in in leadership and I suppose that whenever you uh, encourage people to step out I mean they might be in fear and trembling you know uh, particularly if you're praying for the first time in front of the whole congregation or even even reading the bible you know and they think oh, oh, oh I don't know whether I could cope with this but have you find that that when people actually do that all maybe fear and trembling to start off with but it's an interesting how their confidence they blossom don't they it, the, the, yes, it, it can do. I mean, it, I think most people would say, I don't want to stand in front of the church. Um, you know, even when we um, do our uh, membership Sundays, you know, standing in front of the church and giving a little bit about themselves, a lot. most people find that very difficult. And um, I, I can understand that. Well, many years ago, I could understand that, I suppose. Because you've more, gone through it yourself. <laughs> yeah, the more, the more you do, the, the less it becomes a an actual stumbling block, really. Um, but... Yes, I think we're all like that to a certain degree. Um, we find standing in front of people talking about our faith and praying and reading God's word. Uh, if I said to my wife, uh, Sunday, you're going to stand at the front, she'd be on tender hooks from now until Sunday and wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, but, just because we're all different, we are all different. But of course, the Bible talks about that, doesn't it? You know, obviously, the, you know, Paul gave us that that sort of body image, didn't he? And and and, and saying there, there's many many parts, and we've all got different gifting. Yeah. But we're independent. You know, we're inter- interdependent on each other. Yes, that, we are definitely. That, you know, I need you, you need me, sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So, and I, but I guess, and I guess one of your jobs as a leader is to identify the gifting that is in particular people and i guess is that a skill that you've had to develop yes i think so we we've had to we've had to do that and sometimes you get it right sometimes you 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 don't get it right i think sometimes the 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 problem in in churches is we we ask for volunteers and you'll always get a, a group of people who always volunteer because they've got a servant heart they want to help they want to be 
uh, part of what's going on, but actually it's identifying those perhaps who don't push themselves forward uh, and asking them as well, because, you know, lots of people have lots of different giftings which they hide. Indeed. Well, of course, that's... Dare I say it, there are a few lazy people out there, aren't there? I didn't want to say that, Blair. I'm yes. glad you, you said yeah, that. There, there. But, I mean, but there is, really. I mean, and, but that applies to everything. Yeah, you know? it does. Because yes. it, 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 it used to make me think about... In fact, the, you know there's a thing called the Pareti Principle. Right. And it's, it's all, it was started with... I think Pareti was a financier, you know. But they, they in terms of wealth, they, they said that... that, that uh, that twenty percent of the, of the people held all the all of the worldwide eighty percent yeah. didn't you know, but when you equated that to volunteering and and even to church life, that uh, that twenty uh, percent of the people did the work, yeah. Uh, whilst actually the bigger percentage of people really didn't, you know. Uh, but I guess our challenge is to switch that balance around, you know. Certainly, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, we're, and when we see, um, Obviously, before COVID, we had, you know, lots of different groups and lots of different uh, leaders. Um, and that's actually just re-encouraging people to see actually the needs are still there uh, and, you know, helping where where they're, they're guided to help, really. Have you ever felt inadequate? You know, and, and, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Because you get, everybody is a package of need. I mean, we all are yeah. a package of need, aren't we? And we have we have our own needs. All of us do. But obviously, as, as church leaders, you get people who come and they're, sometimes they're very traumatic situations. Uh, a lot of pain that people are, are accompanying. And, and it comes your way. And you're thinking, oh, my goodness, you know... Uh, no doubt you have been in those situations, Mark, with your fellow leaders. How have you how have you coped with it? With a lot of prayer, I, I would say, um, because it, it it is very difficult to to be all things to all people, uh, and you know, it, sometimes we just cannot understand where somebody is from because we've never experienced their pain, their their trauma. Uh, and it's actually trying to find or identify how we can help them um, in their own need. Yeah, and you uh, just have to have these listening ears, don't you? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and we try try and listen as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I do tell my grandchildren, you've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. <laughs> um, you know, is to listen more than we actually speak, because actually that's a lot easier. This is Hope FM. Jesus, great is your faith. Well, it's a wonderful worship song there. Applause for Mark, Matt Redman there with the mercies. And, of course, those mercies are new uh, every morning. morning. And I guess that you've experienced that. Now, obviously, whenever Jesus was going away, because not only did he thrust the disciples out, you know, to do what he was doing, uh, but he said, well, I'm going away now. But he said, don't worry, don't worry. In fact, don't do anything until I send you the Holy Spirit. Uh, so I suppose that the, the power that comes, the, the ability to live the Christian life and the power that comes to uh, to all leaders who are involved with, with church leadership, has that been particularly special to you guys? Yeah, I think it, uh, at that time when, when we sort of took over the reins, as it were, um, we, we were really heavily relying on the Holy Spirit to to show us the way, what, how to... To, to lead, how to guide, uh, how to pray. Uh, and, you know, we as uh, leaders, you know, we meet generally every week. Uh, and that also gives us an opportunity to, to study together uh, and talk through uh, passages of Scripture, uh, which actually we felt sometimes we were focusing too much on church life 
uh, as opposed to actually what God wanted us to to do in that church life. So it's been a learning curve. Basically. So that it was a learning curve, and yeah, we don't always get it right. Um, you know, there are times where things overtake us, and you know that focus goes. But we try and uh, refocus from time to time to getting back to basics. So through all of it, Mark, what is it encourages you the most? That's a very good question, Blair. Uh, one to think um, to give a straight answer straight away. Shall um, I play you another piece of music and <laughs> have a think about your answer? No, I, th- I think you know um, God um, is, has been good to us over the over the past years, good to our congregation, and um, has shown us and taught us a, a lot. But also, I think um, you know we are you know God's family um, together as a church, um, and we're there so we can reach out to uh, the neighbourhood uh, as well. Uh, but also he wants us to be part of his church. Uh, and we as leaders are, are there only there for a moment in time, not uh, not forever. You know, for me, it's a long, long, not a lot of time. But, um, you know, for, for others. Know, Mark could be Methuselah the second. <laughs> could be, could no. be. I don't think so. But, um, you know, it, it's been great, uh, actually, how God has brought us together and, and worked it through us um, as a team. Uh, and we've just got to keep looking forward uh, with God, really. And if people wanted to check the church out, it, you mean at 10, 10 o'clock? Ten, 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning, yeah. And uh, and where do they find it? It's uh, the Beacon Church. Um, if you want to go online, it's the Beacon Online, uh, Camford Heath. And uh, we're on Camford Heath. If you know Camford Heath, you know the Fighter Pub. And we're in the car park the opposite, opposite side. This is Hope FM.